first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>
that was pretty telling about disciplining and coaching. And then to make matters worse, they had three consecutive penalties. And that was bad. Um, when you have, I know in the press in the post game conference, Dan Campbell um, said something like along the lines of a second in twenty five or a second in thirty two, um, your playbook changes. Uh, the honeymoon phase for the Detroit Lions and Matt Campbell is a wrap, honest, honestly and truthfully. Um, it makes no sense. The decision-making, I question that, uh, particularly where they had his clock management was hor- was horrend- was horribly bad. Um, we had all three timeouts, and I thought the game was over when Aaron Glenn, when they couldn't, when they miscommunicated what type of defense to run, he calls a timeout. I thought that was the game right there, in my personal opinion. Um, but Andy Dalton... And then the Chicago Bears did what they had to do. Um, Dalton went for something he threw for like 24, 39, threw for over 300 yards. Uh, Jared Goff had two touchdowns. Uh, just the Lions suck, <laughs> plain and simple. Um, I don't think they will be, I think they're going to finish 0 16 and 1. I think they're going to be, the, they're going to have the number one overall pick. In next year's draft, guarantee. Um, there's just nothing to build off in Detroit uh, at all. I think Jared Goff's a great, is a good quarterback. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson's a good tight end. I like DeAndre Smith, uh, Swift. Excuse me, he got hurt, and then Jamal Williams stepped in there. Um, Trey Flowers is a good defensive tackle. Uh, they got some pieces, but there's no identity. There's nothing to build really off on, or there's just this no, I don't see it. And uh, they're going to have to figure that out. Next game. Um, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Oakland Raiders. I'm not going to even sit here and act like I didn't know where this was coming. Well, act like I know this was coming because I did it. Oh my God! How about them Cowboys, man? Well, actually, listen, all seriousness, this was actually a really good um, football game. I really was. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I think this was a much-needed win for the Raiders. I apologize to Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to get used to saying that. Please forgive me. Um, the Cowboys. A couple things I've noticed. Um, Going into this game, I was a little concerned with Oakland, you know, particularly with all the mistakes, all the things that's been going off the field, you know, with um, Gruden and his emails, Henry Ruggs and the the DUI, and then um, the cornerback making death threats on social media. Um, when it, I, you just don't know where a team's at as a co- as a unit, where they're at mentally, and um, coming into this game, first and foremost, fun fact: I didn't know that this was their sixth Dallas. This was their sixth overtime game at Oakland. Um, 
and then the third for Dallas, and then Dallas is 0-3. Luke Evergan again goes into overtime on Thanksgiving. That was interesting. Uh, Dallas had four comebacks on Thanksgiving. Ironically, the last team when they faced was in 2013 against who? At the time, the Oakland Raiders. Fun fact, didn't know that. Um, defensively, Dallas made a lot of mistakes. Um, I'll talk about the defense in a minute. I thought, you know, you could I could see without Amari Cooper, that that was going to hurt. Um, but Dak, Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott, I got to give Frederick Wilson some love, Michael Gallup. They all stepped up pretty well in this game, in my personal opinion. Um, but the biggest thing I took away from it was Dallas's defense. They just did not get enough stops. Um, you, you can't win football games if you're going to allow, if as a, as a defensive unit, 30 or more points. That just can't happen. Um, and then on top of that, Dallas had recorded 14 penalties and then the mostly defensive passing pass interference. And then, unfortunately, the call that really cost him the game with the Anthony Brown pass interference call. He had four, four pass interference calls just on himself. Um, now, I will say that some of the calls were questionable. Yes, I, I will give I, I will grant you that more questionable calls. Um, but Oakland, when it counted, you oh Las Vegas, excuse me, when it counted, you got to give Derek Derek Carr that offense love. You know he didn't have Darren Waller. Obviously, he had a uh, knee injury, and then I think he had like a shoulder injury too. Um, Hunter Hunter Winfro, Deshaun Jackson, uh, they combined for well over like two hundred something yards of, uh, put together, and then. Uh, Zay Jones had some had a couple of plays in there. Um, I just think the game plan for Oak, for Las Vegas offensively worked really well. Um, Derek Carr threw it for over 350 yards, had only had a touchdown, which is ironic. He didn't turn the ball over, but I I this was hey Michelle, good to see you. Hey, Lucinda, good to see you. Um, this, this game was another example of why I'm not sold on Dallas as a legitimate contender. Um, I they, They've got to be better. They, they've got to be better as a, as a unit. And I think Dallas plays – let me look at their schedule. I think they play – they're playing the Saints on the second, which goes into the next and final. Happy holidays to you too. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, of the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Defeated the New Orleans Saints. With your oh, children. my God. The New Orleans Saints 
Now I've lost their four, now I've lost their fourth straight. They're the gone. They're now under five hundred for as long as I can remember. They've always been well over five hundred. Um, offensively, the Saints were stale. They looked lost, lackadaisical. Any other adjective you want to put in there? Um, I, I, I'm at a loss for words. I don't really know what to really feel. <laughs> yeah, it was that. Um, I just don't know how to really express. Like thirty-one to six. I mean, that felt more like a forty-point loss to me. Um, the Buffalo Bills got their swagger back offensively. Now, now they lost Tre'Davious White for the whole season. He tore his ACL, but uh, without Alvin Kamara. They don't have the New Orleans. If you when I look at the Saints offensively, without Camara, Michael Thomas, they don't have an identity on offense. They truly don't. And Trevor Simeon, I look at him as like a game manager. I mean, they had a some I forgot the running back's name, but he held his own. I, I mean, offense. Like when I look at that offense, there was a couple possessions. Like for example. Um, where they went for it a couple of times on four, it was like a fourth and one on their own 30. Like he like, and then on top of that, there was a, it had to be a miscommunication or Trey Quan Smith didn't follow up, finish his route. And then they turned the ball over on downs. Um, there's another, um, there was a fourth and two, they backfired. Um, where they gave it off to the, I can't, I want to say his name was Jones Jr. That was a fail. Like, just stale. Oh, this looks really, just look stale. And I, they just gave um, Taysom Hill a new contract. Jameis Winston probably will probably, I don't know when he's going to come back off injury. They don't have an, and then Kamara is, is out. They just don't – I don't know what their identity is on offense. I think the defense held us – tried to hold its own, but Josh Allen and the, the Buffalo Bills, and I got to give Josh Allen some respect. I've been critical – I've been I've been hard on him because, you know, again, how the media loves to criticize Lamar Jackson, but that's a whole other story for the video. Um, they were coming out with a vengeance after getting, their, after getting shellacked by Indianapolis. So um, – the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, I think they're going to get together. Because um, don't I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints uh, beat the Dallas Cowboys. It would it would not phase me. But that was Thanksgiving of uh, football. Uh, I'd say I on we really got to get the Lions off football and put a real another another football team there. Um, how the Lions are on on Thanksgiving makes no sense. All right. This is Sunday Night Football. We play those Cleveland Brownies. A um, couple things. We're coming off a, a win that, um, for the most part, was shocking. Did not see that coming. And uh, without Lamar Jackson, <laughs> okay, 
the last time we saw the Cleveland Brownies, uh, we saw them last December where we had an epic Monday night football game. The final score was 47-42. That's the game where Lamar Jackson had cramps and everybody made a meme thinking he had to go take a dump uh, that game. So (laughs) uh, he's never going to hear the end of that. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't have COVID, uh, didn't have influenza. I just think had a really, from what I understand, just had a really bad cold. Um, especially when, again, when you're playing in like warm climate like Florida, and then he had his jersey retired at Louisville, Kentucky, somewhere in between there. I think that's when you just start just developing getting sick. It just happens. It's just I, I hate that. So um, they said Marlon Humphrey after the, the Bear game said like Lamar. They didn't even like Lamar was caught cuddled up in the ball. Um, he didn't even know the plane had touched ground. And I'm, and I'm like, well, why is he even with the team? He should be home resting or back at the hotel, but I, I get it. Um, the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield's been hurt. The whole Odell, the whole Odell fiasco, injuries, COVID. Um, you know, looking at their running offense, Kareem Hunt came off IR and Jack Conklin came off IR. So, we will see. Um, both teams are above 500. My, 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 the things I'm looking for into this game, I want to see how both quarterbacks are going to come out. Now, Lamar Jackson said he's he's good to go. He feels better. Um, still, we'll see what happens. Baker Mayfield, let's see what he looks like. Um, he said he's he's good to go. You know, me personally – Coming out and making all the statements after the Lions game, I that that says a lot. Uh, Miles Garrett, we got to neutralize him. Miles Garrett is actually on pace to get the single season sack record as a Cleveland Brown, so that should be interesting. Um, Alejandro Runaway was going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, Lamar Jackson coming into this season has been sacked twenty eight times. Um, and if I, if I may step off my, if I may step on the soapbox for just one second, this is exactly why I am not a, I am a strong advocate of by position for each player. There needs to be a cap of certain of money. I am not fond of giving someone like Patrick Mahomes, for example, $500 $500 million and I'm sacrificing one half of the football. Like when I look at what Lamar Jackson needs, they're going to have to address the offensive line. Um, who would know? I, I would never think trading Orlando Brown Jr. Um, you would see a multitude of problems, a, a left tackle who's out, who's way past his prime. God bless him. Alejandro Vernaueva. Um, Kevin Zeitler is really more of a running as a more of a, like a running guard. Uh, Bradley Bozeman still, I think, adjusting the center. They have to really adjust this offensive line. And I, I just feel like those are things that you just can't ignore if you're trying to, one, protect your court, protect your investment, and on top of that, 
cut down on the sacks. There's no way my quarterback should be sacked going into the season almost 30 times. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, now, Baker Mayfield against the Lions, he did suffer a groin injury. So I'm kind of curious to see how he'll look um, in this game. I personally, I don't think he should be out there. I don't. Um, fun fact, since the October, Baker Mayfield hasn't thrown for over 300 yards, um, which is interesting. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Cleveland's running off game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt uh, are just a dynamic one-two combo. Um, since Baker Mayfield's disappearing act, Nick Chubb has on a whole nother level. Um, the last two games, he's rushed over combined 267 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had COVID and had an ankle injury. And, and ironically, according to NFL.com, he was third in the AFC in close of running. I think it's like almost, it's like 850 yards. And uh, <laughs> that should be interesting. Now, we are second. Ironically, the Baltimore Ravens are second against the run, against the rush, against the running off, against run, against the run. Excuse me. Um, we are we are limiting our opponents to seventy yards, which is not bad. Um, the only time we allowed someone to go over hundred yards, that was against uh, the Minnesota Vikings, where Delvin Cook uh, went ballistic on us, and um, also too, we won that game in overtime. But um, we will see. Um, me personally, I just don't know what to expect coming in this game. I think it's going to be a great. I think it's going to be a one a a really a kind of a, an interesting matchup. Uh, Lamar's coming off an illness. I don't know what Baker Mayfield's going to look like. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, um, Hollywood Brown. I'm hoping is back. We actually just lost a Darius Washington for the season. He broke his foot. Another injury. <laughs> this is another thing that we're going to have to talk about as a league. Um, these injuries, and we're not even half. We're we're like we have five more weeks. Like that just makes absolutely no sense. But um, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat the Cleveland Browns Sunday night. I'm looking along the lines of twenty-eight fourteen. Yeah. Washington football team this is a Monday night football game. Uh, we play the Seattle Seahawks, and it's a should be an interesting game. Um, you know, unfortunately, Seattle's three and seven. As I, you know, they're last in the NFC West, unfortunately. And then the Washington football team, we're four and six. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, when they played the Arizona Cardinals, I saw the highlights. Uh, they made Colt McCoy look like the second coming of Peyton Manning out there. Peyton Manning, Colt McCoy had 328 yards for two touchdowns. Um, 
Russell Wilson in that game, they just looked they looked lost. Um, I know this last couple of games I watched the Seahawks. They have a really hard bad time of of staying consistent, having consistent drives. That is a glaring issue I've noticed against with the Seahawks. Um, they only converted two out of 10 third downs against the Cardinals. And on top of that, I'm looking at their defense as well. You know, they are allowing – they're allowing guys – their teams that they face so far – almost 36 minutes of holding the ball more than they are. That can't happen. And, you know, Washington, too, you know, we're coming off of, I think, a big win against the Carolina Panthers. Um, You know, got to give Tyler he- uh, Taylor Heineke some love. Uh, AG had 95 yards in that game. Uh Again, Heineke, I didn't say, or I finished my statement. Heineke had three touchdowns. Um, defensively, without Montez Sweat and Chase Young, we 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 contained CMC, Christian McCaffrey, uh, to 59 yards. Uh, the biggest thing I'm looking coming into this game, I want to look, look at Seattle's offense. I, I, just, I, I just think, and this is just my personal opinion, I think – I think he's been. I think Russell Wilson was rushed, was rushed back from his injury. But I also too think, I think the relationship with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks are are done. I, I really think that's what I'm noticing. It just as as an offense in the last two games, they've only managed to score one touchdown. And I mean, Pete Carroll. Uh, like I just don't know where, where his head's at. I mean, they 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 there's no there's no consistency there's no consistency moving the ball, and Pete Carroll can you know he can blah 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 blah. This is what we need to do. We got to do this X Y and Z. But like it, at this point, like you're like you're like your team's not like they're not you're not going to make the playoffs. You know you can't hide the fact that Chris Carson's out with a neck injury. Alex Col- Alex Collins, who former Raven, um, is he, he's decent, but he he's not he, he's not a reliable piece. He's not a guy that I could rely on to put the team on his back. I, I can't show I can't see that. Um, Rashard Penny, <laughs> uh, it just I, I I never I didn't see it. Um, I don't want to go as far as saying he's a bust. Um, excuse me.
Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. Hendrix, what's going on, bro? Good to see you. Um, something you guys got to carry. The show must go on. Having some internet difficulties. I apologize. Um, as I was saying with the Washington football team, um, biggest thing is I with Seattle, I just got to see what they look like offensively. Russell Wilson can't do it by himself. Uh, and, and I think that's his expectation and he has to do it himself. And I just don't think it's going to work that way. Um, Washington coming into this game, I think they have a, a great opportunity to take advantage of a team of a Seattle Seahawks team. That's not playing well. I do. Uh, particularly offensively Antonio Gibson's having a great game. Um, Taylor Heineke, let's give him some credit. Okay. Uh, and I'm seeing good things so far with the Washington football team. And, you know, particularly against Atlanta, I mean, Tampa Bay, you know, third downs, uh, you know, we could, we could, we had, we won 11 of 19. And then we held the ball well over 30, almost 40 minutes in that game. So that's the key that I'm looking forward in this game against Seattle. Now, I'm going to look at Seattle's defense because I definitely think there's going to be um, – I want to see how they're going to respond to Seattle um, after losing to Colt McCoy and the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Um, I just think coming in, I think the Seahawks, they're going to have to figure out, figure it out. They're just going to go through the motions. Um, Washington, I think just got to keep the balance offense going. Uh, I think if we could take advantage of Seattle's defense and their 30th against the pass, um, I think that the Washington football team will upset the Seattle Seahawks 31-14. Guaranteed! I think it's possible. I definitely think it's possible that they can upset the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I apologize again. I am broadcasting from my phone because my laptop wants to act very stupid all of a sudden. So technology at its finest. Um, we're going to transition into NFL Week 12 pre uh, uh, picks. Uh, let's see. We got the Steelers versus the Bengals. Um, I think that the – I'm looking at the Steelers. I think they'll get the win over Cincinnati. I'm looking along the score line of – 28-24. Uh, the Panthers go to the 305 and play the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think that should be a good game. Cam Newton, I know, is going to come back off. He's going to look for some vengeance after losing to the football team. Um, I think Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers are going to upset the Miami Dolphins. Guaranteed. Um, 
I'm looking along the line of the score of thirty-one seventeen. Uh, the Eagles play the New York Giants. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to upset the New York Giants, forty-one ten. Guaranteed. The the Giants six suck. I'm sorry. Um, the New England Patriots versus the Tennessee Titans. Uh, AJ Brown's been placed in the IR for at least three weeks. He's dealing with a hand, chest, and rib injury, I believe it was. So he's on the IR. Uh, they just waved. They waved Adrian Peterson. Uh, mm. The New England Patriots will win thirty twenty one. The Atlanta Falcons are going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Guaranteed. The Atlanta Falcons have to win that game. Uh, Carson Wentz versus the Buccaneers. Uh, I mean, the Colts, excuse me. Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts versus the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the Buccaneers are coming off a dominating win against the New York Giants. Um, hmm. I think that the on oh, my back. I'm back on. Please tell me I'm back on. Uh the Buccaneers will defeat the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's gonna be a close one. Thirty no twenty-eight. 27. Oh, the Houston Texans will upset the New York Jets. Guaranteed. Uh, the Houston Texans are coming off a surprise win against the Tennessee Titans. With oh, my God. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Denver Broncos. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers, I'm looking along the line of scores of 28-21. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers play the Minnesota Vikings. Um... Oh, that should be a good game. I like San Francisco's defense. Minnesota, too, they're coming off a big win against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, whew. I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers. I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to surprise Kirk Cousins. And the forty and the Vikings. 
the Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers. This actually should be a good game, honestly, in truth with you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing through a toe injury. He actually showed his toe or whatever the injury was. Um, very, very weird to me. I'm sorry. Um, and the Rams are coming off a of bye week. This is going to be the upset. I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to upset does, uh, double discount double check Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers 4137. Guaranteed. It's kind of hard to, ma- to navigate the banners and stuff with your phone. So, again, I do apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, that's week 12 of football. So, we're going to transition into f- the NBA with the Washington Wizards. We got a big win tonight over the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the final score 120. 114. A couple of things I took away from this game, y'all, was again, um, you know, even though Dallas is coming off a, a, a big overtime win against Los Angeles Clippers, which was actually pretty well, a pretty good game, if I do say, my, do say so myself. Uh, the Wizards are coming off a good game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they beat the Thunder by three. Uh, Washington, we matched their energy. Okay, I thought that was key. Um, for the most night, Dallas cannot do cannot match Daniel Gafford. Um, Luca, I could tell, was playing through an injury. Uh, he had 33 points in this game. Um, even though he had a double double, some of them were sloppy passes, sloppy assists, in my I would say. And also, too, he turned the ball over a couple times. Uh, Chris, that's Porzingis, who's been having a good year so far. I think you just give a guy time, and I think if you use him the right way, I think good things will happen, in my opinion. Um, Trey Burke, former Wizard, um, stepped in. I think Jalen Brunson, if I'm looking at the game injury report, he was out. Um, he did well. But for the Wizards, you know, I think we did all the right things. Um just matched their energy, made shots, and, you know, I think it starts with our defense. I think if we set the tone early, I think it's a good it's a good day, any day for the Wizards. Um, I'm also going to recap the uh, game against the Thunder. Uh, the final score was one. I'm sorry, we were one by two, not three. I apologize. Um, that was a much-needed win, particularly after getting down near 30 ball by the Pelicans. Um Kyle Kuzma really saved us. He won the game for us on the on the putback offensive rebound. Daniel Gafford had some nice blocks. I think he ended up having like eight, four blocks, particularly like in the first 12 minutes. Um, he's been looking really, really good. Uh, I thought the probably the the, the, my, the best block of the game where it was, I think it was his name is Darius Brad Brazily. And he drove left and Galford got the block. But um, fun fact, Galford in the last seven games has one block. So um, also, too, again, I told you guys that Cantavius Cardwell Pope, 
he came through in this game. I thought that was key for Washington. And again, the three-point sh- shooting. I told you, if Washington gets the three-point shooting down, y'all, okay, if they get that pack down, they're going to win games. I cannot stress that enough. Um, the particularly, I thought that I'd like, okay, here we go in the first heck, first quarter, not making shots. And when it was all said and done, KCP was four seven four seven from three. Bradley Beal had 20 points. Dinwiddie uh, had 10 points and also made two threes. Kuzma. Um, Denny, uh, I can't never <laughs> Avadizia. All had a three, all made threes. I think that's the key. But again, I think what Watson Sell Jr. is trying to instill with this offense is the three and D all three and D. And I think it starts with their defense. Um, but I noticed tonight and the pre and then against the Thunder, offense def, defensively, we look good. So I'm really proud of what we're looking like so far. Um, now I can't think of who we play on top of my head, but, um, we're going to transition into NBA news. Uh, LeBron James was fined $15,000 for, uh, a interesting gesture against the Indiana Pacers. Also in that game, a couple fans were ejected for heckling LeBron. Some things were said that, um, According to what what was said and what was heard, uh, that the I guess they were a couple saying that ho- they hoping that LeBron James's son Bronny um, dies in a car accident. I, I what, what really bothers me, and, and again, I'm going to step on my soapbox. Okay, what I don't understand and what I don't like is why do we have this tendency? to pay our hard-earned money. And what we're going to do is we're going to heckle fans. I mean, we're going to heckle these players. I I don't care. Like, at this point, we got to stop using COVID as an excuse for a lot of these situations. People like that know what they're doing. They have an agenda. They think that kind of stuff is going to get under personal person's skin. Listen, I, I'm all for you saying I'm trash heckling me i'm all for that but what i don't like is why do you get personal and say and talk about a person's athlete's family his fam, his or her family that i don't understand like have some respect like you pay all that hard hard hard-earned money to turn around and go well i'm gonna heckle lebron james and make a comment like that and think like i won't get away with that and then I'll get away with it and not think about the consequences. So most likely those two got a letter banning them probably for the rest of the for lifetime ban of not coming to the arena. I'll be surprised if it's just for the season, but I hope it's a lifetime ban away from the arena. Like, ladies and gentlemen, like, these behaviors, like, we've seen this before COVID. And I just don't understand, like, what do you gain from it? Like... <laughs> Anything, if I got front row seats, man, I'm watching LeBron. I'm watching Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, uh, LeBron. I'm watching these guys play. And it's, I'm just going to take the opportunity. Hey, you know, let, let's, let's, let's heckle LeBron. Let's, let's get personal. Let, let, let's, 
let's you know, say his son's going, that that's not cool. That's just not cool. It really isn't. Um, what else happened? Um, Leandro Ball's still in the G League. His dad, LeVar Ball, came out and uh, he's not happy with it, but it's all a pro it's all a process. I think he'll be caught up on a game sometime soon. Uh, the biggest thing I took away from it, uh, from the news, uh, John Wall. John Wall said um, he wants to be back on the court at some point. Uh, John Wall's been sitting out because he's hoped to find a, uh, a – a, he wants to be traded. He doesn't want to be with Houston Rockets. And uh, from what I understood, the Houston Rockets haven't found a partner uh, that will take on that, con that, that contract. I, I don't understand – why would you set out games and knowing like what, what bothers me is I, I feel like if you're not injured and I love, and, and I, and I, and I'm a fan of John wall, but if I know that you're injured and you can't, and you, if, if you're not injured and you can play, you should be out there plain and simple. You shouldn't be sitting on the bench and hoping you get traded. Cause that's a big contract. And that's another thing that's I think that's going to be coming to the table about in the three years when the CBA is up, that the Players Association is these contracts. I, I think these contracts are just way too big for certain teams. And um, John Wall, I'm glad he's back. He's going to go back on the floor because I think he can definitely bring some 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 veteran leadership, and I, I think he can. Make some things going. Now, also, too, they talked about how Steven Silas's job is up for grabs. I don't like that. The guy just got the job last year. And and already, oh, his job's in jeopardy. Like, that's just not cool. That's absolutely not cool. Um, we're going to transition in the Major League Baseball. A couple things. It's the offseason free agency. A uh, couple things. Uh, Adam Frazier was traded to the San Diego um, from San Diego to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Eduardo Escobar was signed on a two-year deal to the New York Mets. The Mets owner was very mad that Steven Metz did not take the offer that he offered him. Uh, as I said in the last video, he wanted to be closer to home. Um, I don't know where Carlos Correa is going to go. He'll probably stay in Houston. I doubt if it's Detroit. I don't know where Corey Seager is going to go. Trevor Story is going to go. Um, the Blue Jays signed Jimmy Garcia. Mark Canna also signed a um, signed with the with the Mets as well. Sterling Marte signed a four year deal, seventy million dollars with the Mets. Not enough. Um, the Astros, they got Hector Nuis from Philadelphia on a two-year deal. Uh, Nick Castellanos, from what I understand, the Marlins have interest in him. So far, so good. Um, you know, th these guys are trying to get signed now before uh, this, this lockout, which is looking like it's going to happen, sadly enough. Uh, we're going to transition – to Maryland football.
<sighs> you know, I'm really proud of these boys. Um, I don't know what to say. The final score, we beat Rutgers 40-16. See this? University of Maryland, step, stand up. Stand up. We're bowl eligible, baby. Y'all see this? Okay, Y'all can't see that. It's probably small on the screen. But we did it. Much needed win. Um, I wish it will. Can I? No, I can't do it. Never mind. Um, I'm going to see if I can play the clip. If I can. Hold on. No, I can't play the clip. I'm sorry, because I'm on my phone. I thought I could play the clip. Oh, well, I'll play it in the next one. But let's um, let's talk about the game. Uh, this was just a, this was a much needed – this was a nice win. Um, Tyron Fleet Davis rushed for 152 yards in this game, two touchdowns. Um, Davis is one of 25 seniors, and, you know, I think he was actually a part of the team that had uh, Jordan McNair, if I want to say that correctly. And then also, to you know, DJ Dur uh, Durkin and all the, you know, the, the locker room, the culture was toxic and different things like that. And, you know, Quarterback change, you know, the amount of quarterback changes Maryland's had. Um, injuries. And then on top of that, we're, you know, we're, we're still kind of babies in the Big Ten. You got to give these guys some love. You got to give them props. Uh, we're now six and six. Overall, we're three and six in the Big Ten. Um, you know, we were up 10 going into the fourth quarter. And then... I'm like, okay, we got this. I got to give some love to Tolia Tungavaloa. I got to give him some love. You know, we've been hard on him a little bit. He definitely has been breaking records from the University of Maryland. Last week he broke, you know, the single-season completion record, and then he's also broken the single-season passing yard record and having four touchdowns. Um, this is his seventh game where he's thrown over 300 yards uh he's actually tied the big 10 rec uh, record conference record and then uh, again like I, I still the maryland's special teams is is very relationship with your oh children. my god that's the best way i can describe maryland special teams uh the Extra point was blocked, and then they ran for 85 yards and a two-point conversion. Um, I, I really definitely – Maryland's defense, 
gotta get gotta give them some love. We held the what are the, the Scarlet Knights two of eleven on third down. Uh, they went for, for one on for fourth down four times, and we contained it. Um, you know, give their defense. I got to give Maryland's defense a lot of love there. Um, I I just can't I can't say enough. I got to give Coach Lock Lock Locksley um, some love. He's definitely building a great program here with Maryland. Um, I know Maryland, we haven't seen a bowl game since 2016. And I'm just proud of these guys and, you know, what they've had to overcome these last couple years. And and Maryland, you know, I'm telling you, Maryland, Towson, uh, these football programs are on the rise. Let's go. So we're bowl eligible. I don't know what's going to happen come January, but I'm hoping that the University of Maryland We'll get a bowl game in which they will do. Guarantee. Okay. Let's transition into Maryland uh, basketball. It's not really been looking good. Uh, the Lady Terps. Uh, okay. <laughs> we, we're currently, uh, we are now on a two-game losing streak. Um, we lost today against Stanford final score 86 67 oh my god um in defense of the lady terps we're dealing with a we're, we only have six healthy girls out there um Haley Jones is coming is she's coming off an ankle injury. She had 15 points, she had a double double, but it's not enough. We only had, I'm sorry, we had seven players dressed. Um Ashley Awansu, she had three fouls in the second quarter. And then no, yeah, like no, excuse me, let me revert. She picked up her third foul in the second quarter on an offensive foul and then got a technical. And then with like two minutes and 56 seconds, something like that. Um, yeah, that rest of the half, we Maryland didn't score. Uh, I think at one point, um, who was it? I want to say it was Brink. Like, she she just wasn't I – don't, I don't even know why she was even dressed to play. She threw – I think from what I understood, she threw up. Um. No, that was Stanford. I'm sorry. Um. On once who had 29 points, she led the team in points. Um. The second half just didn't look good. It really didn't. Uh, the last time we saw Stanford was 2008, and they beat us. 98-87. Look. Okay. We're 0-2 in, in this tournament. Stanford beat number four Indiana and us, but lost to South Florida. Uh, 
Maryland again. It, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off. I'm not gonna judge Maryland on these two losses because they're missing key players. Well, once these girls get healthy and you know stuff, then I think it's fair. But we just did not have enough firepower to beat not only Stanford but NC State. Um, we didn't have uh, Katie Ben uh, Benzina. She was she's sick. Uh, Faith Masonis, uh, she's sick. Diamond Miller, she has a knee injury. <laughs> she suffered against Baylor. And then um, a- Ashton Pinstel, she's out. She's sick too. So it's like once these girls come back healthy, I think that's fair to I think that's fair to to, to say. But listen, the, we got the Big Ten ACC Challenge Thursday. We play the University of Miami. The Lady Terps will defeat the University of Miami. Guaranteed. Now, as far as the men go, <laughs> we lost by eight to the University of Louisville. Um, the Louisville Cardinals are a good little basketball program. Uh, I love their physicality and their defense. Um, even though these four, these first four games, I haven't seen that. But um, against the University of Maryland. They did just that. Um, I I cannot stress enough that the first half looked pretty okay. Looked all right. Um, it was 30-27 going into halftime. Uh, both teams had turned the ball over 17 times. And made twenty field and made twenty shots combined. Um, Eric Ayala, Hakeem Hart, who is I think Maryland's go-to players, were absolutely nowhere to be found. Bullshit. Um, Ayala, who dropped 20 points against Richmond, and then also to Hart, he had 24. They got clamped in this game. They they really did. Um, and that brings and that brings you to my next point. Uh, again, I'm looking at Berlin. We got out rebounded. You know, we only they out rebounded us 29 to 12, and that was on both ends of the floor, ladies and gentlemen. Offensively. And defensively, um, Louisville struggled to make shots too, and we didn't take advantage of that. Maryland, I, I cannot stress this enough, and I think this is going to hurt the men offensively. They just aren't; they're, they're just not gelling, gelling. There's just no continuity. Like I'm looking at the stat line here. Like when you have only two players, like. Two of our boys were in double figures, 38% from the field, 29% from three. Like, there's just no identity that the University of Maryland has. Like, we should be pushing the, like, like, I've seen, like, we push the ball 
and it just looks like oops sorry and it just looks like we we look like a sometimes a deer in headlights like i i just don't get it like there's just no consistency there's no continuity and then over again like maryland shot is going to continue to shoot itself in the foot um going into halftime we 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 are we are trailing and I, I just don't understand what it is. I really don't. Now that the University of Maryland, they play Virginia Tech. I think, again, making shots, y'all. Making shots. If they make shots, defense, control the pace of the game. Those are things we're going to be looking for against, against Virginia Tech. Um, I think they're going to, I think that they're going to win. Um, my only concern is, you know, what is the identity? What is our offense? Wh where are we building our offense on? Because right now I'm looking at Maryland and they're not looking like a, a, a team that can go to the national, the March Madness. They're not looking like a March Madness team right now. They're just not. Let's tree transition in the Towson basketball and then we're going to wrap it up for the night. Um, so let me give my congratulations to the fellas. Um, we beat the University of Mexico, uh, 78, 73, excuse me, 53. Uh, we did lose, unfortunately, on Thanksgiving Day. Final score was 71, 61. Uh, so it was actually a good little invitation to go to Las Vegas. Uh, they come back. We go, we play the, we play. L-I-U, Thursday. We got Kent State after that, Ohio State, Coppin State, University of North Carolina at Greensboro, Navy, James Madison, Drexel, Delaware, Northeastern, Hofstra, Elon, William & Mary. Interesting games. Um, my eyes going to be on that Ohio State game. That Coppin State went, game is going to be um, an easy W for Towson. Uh, the women. Let me give the women some love um, as well. They're looking really good. They're now going. They're now five and one going on the year. We beat the that that the University of Howard, Howard University, University of Howard, Howard University. I apologize. Ninety six fifty two. Uh, we got uh, tomorrow. We play the Delaware State Delaware State University Hornets. Um, it's a home game. I think that the University of I think the University of Towson ladies will upset Delaware State University. Guaranteed. Um, so far so good. I I gotta give hold on really quick. Let me just get, let me show off my Towson pride too as a Towson as a Towson Tiger. I gotta show y'all love show love too. I gotta show both of you all rep the University of Maryland system. Much love to y'all. Um. Really proud of these teams. Looking really good. Um, just a couple cracks, but I think nothing, there's nothing that we can't fix. I'm sure it will be. Um, but with that being said, uh, I do apologize again. Sometimes you just got to go with the flow, technical difficulties. As always, um, if you like the video, uh, be sure to give it a thumbs up. Uh, you comment below uh, your college basketball team, college football team. Uh, the University of Alabama. 
Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, Auburn, why? You could have, you, you really could have turned tides tonight. You could have made history. What was a great Iron Bowl? Went three overtimes. Good game. Uh, congratulations to Nick Saban and the Alabama Roll Tide. Um, really quick, I had to talk. I want to talk about that, and then we're going to end it. Um, I think it's distasteful that a coach has to come out and defend his team because of the way um, fans have this certain expectation that your team has has to have has to be playing at a high level. Um, it's not easy to maintain success. And Nick Saban was right on the money to call those fans out. I do think that you do have entitled sport sport. There are entitled fan bases, whether that's pro college does not matter. I do think you have that. And, you know, there are certain teams after a while that, you know, like, at some point, they're going to come down that roller coaster. When you look at, you know, for example, with women's basketball, when you look at the University of Connecticut, um, they're not the same team. They're not the same team five years ago. You look, at, I'm looking at South Carolina, uh, University of Maryland, Stanford, NC State, um, those schools. Like, those schools are coming. And I just think after a while, I think when you have been spoiled with greatness and like, for example, another example, look at the New England Patriots with Tom Brady being there for 20 years. And when they leave, when he leaves, like, oh, my gosh, like this is the end of the world. Like, how could this happen? And I, I again, I think sometimes when you're spoiled by success, um, sometimes you have to be prepared for moments like this. So. He was right to he was right to defend his team and and really tell some of these fans off like who are you to sit there and tell me tell us that you know we need to be better. Look, every season's trying. You got teams that play you tougher. You you're playing with that that target on your back. And um if if this is just me, but if my son Was look if I want him to play football, I would want him to play for a guy like Nick Saban. If I had a daughter, I would want her to play for a coach like Don Stanley. I would want her to do that. I would, would want my kids to play for. They're both great coaches, um, and they're well mannered and they carry themselves differently. There's other coaches too. I, I'm you know, but I just felt like what he said was around the money. So. Um, with that being said, uh, that's going to conclude episode 18. Again, I do apologize, technical difficulties. Um, if you like the video, be sure to give it a thumbs up, comment. Uh, you let me know your college team, how they're, how they're doing, college basketball team, NFL team, um, topics you want me to discuss in future podcasts. Um, I don't know when season five will start, but I know you will see a new intro because, again, a lot of people are like, can you please change up the intro? We, you know, Charles Barkley is kind of getting annoying and it's kind of starting to get stale. So we're going to change it up. But um, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and sign out. Peace. Y'all have a good night. Y'all stay up. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. 
listen, I'm easy to find. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>